Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. In this economy, are you making the money you could be making? Welcome to High Yield with your hosts, Frank Rolfe and Dave Reynolds. The old ways don't work anymore, so let Frank and Dave help you find new high-yielding opportunities. You can start by tuning in for the next hour. Now, here's Frank Rolfe and Dave Reynolds. Well, welcome to High Yield, everybody. This is the show that's devoted to exploring the highest rates of return in the U.S., we're going to guide you to some new ideas for success in this troubled economy, things you haven't thought of before or seen before, because the old ways don't seem to work anymore, so we have some new ways to show you. The election is now over, but whether you are rooting for Obama or Romney, I think we'd all have to admit the U.S. economy has never faced more challenges. This show is all about how to overcome those challenges with some new sectors you may not have considered. That's right, Frank. Uh, and, you know, we've both been uh, extremely successful over the past uh, decade or actually a couple decades, um, really taking paths that most people are afraid of, they really haven't ever heard about, or, you know, really don't even know that existed out there. So for us, it's a whole lot scarier to be pretending to, you know, be saving for your retirement, you know, maybe earning only 1% on a 10-year treasury when, you know, the actual inflation is, you know, maybe twice that. Um, so we're you know, taking a you know, new road, you know, helping to show you a new road, uh, you know, maybe outside of your comfort zone, um, but also showing you, you know, how we've been making double-digit returns with complete regularity. Yeah, and one more thing about our show that's different from a lot of the other shows out there. Uh, you know, when most people want to tell you some exciting new concept, they really just want to sell you something. We, however, have absolutely nothing we can sell you. Uh, we're doing this show because we want to help people show them the way that, that they can make money in today's economy in the same ways that we've had, but there's no strings attached. This is strictly just two guys trying to honestly show you things that they've learned and what works. Uh, and we're going to explain this information to you the, exactly the same as we would to our own kids. This is, this is not something where we're trying to get you to do anything. Uh, and since we have nothing to sell you, we can be completely honest with you on this show, and you can be assured there's no sales pitch attached to absolutely anything that we say. Right, for sure. You know, our theory is, you know, you know, while the U.S. may be in a depression, you don't have to be. You know, there are things that are still working out there, um, but it's not normally what you'll see in the paper or hear about from your neighbor. Yeah, and, and before you think to yourself, well, gee, why should I listen to these two bozos, uh, let's give you some background on who we are. Uh, my name is Frank Rolfe, and I've had two very separate careers, both, both down paths that are relatively unknown to most people. Uh, and the first one I built from scratch, straight out of college, the largest uh, privately owned billboard company in Dallas-Fort Worth. Did that for about 15, 16 years. 
sold that off to uh, to a public company, which is now called Clear Channel. Back then, it was called Universal Outdoor. And then I started buying mobile home parks. And today, Dave and I are the 20th largest owners of mobile home parks in the U.S. with about 7,000 lots in 17 states. Right. And, you know, I'm Dave Reynolds. Um, you know, I've always been a entrepreneur. You know, my wife calls me a serial entrepreneur. And, you know, I've always been out there building uh, new businesses. You know, from the early days, you know, as a teenager, you know, out there, you know, Mowing grass and shoveling snow, um, you know, just to you know make make a buck here and there, um, you know, all the way up to you know going to school, you know, going to college, um, and from there, you know, you know, continuing the the lawn business, and then uh, you know jumping into you know, actually buying and investing in real estate, you know, both residential and commercial. Um, then you know, you know, adding uh, you know several web website businesses, um, a property management company, and then, you know, I'm always looking for the next challenge. You know, my degrees in accounting and taxation, and, you know, that's been real beneficial and, you know, understanding the numbers that, you know, go on in business and, you know, how, how to analyze a deal. And, you know, it's been very beneficial in, you know, basically every deal or every business I've been involved with. You know, along the way, you know, I'm constantly reading, you know, building my library, learning from my mistakes, and, you know, learning from others as well as Frank. Um, you know, Frank and I both have different backgrounds, but we share the same common theme of always working on finding that next deal or business to start. Yeah, you know, and, and Dave, Dave and I are always looking at, based on the way things are heading, whether it's the economy or the the demographics of the baby boom, what, what's the next best thing to be doing? You know, look, reading lots of information. In fact, Dave sent me recently a book he'd picked up. Uh, it was a cartoon by, I think, the rapper 50 Cent, in fact. Right. <laughs> Uh, terribly fascinating stuff, though. I mean, here, here's you would not expect in, in that book to be getting lots of good input, uh, particularly aimed at kids for how to kind of spark their entrepreneurial spirit. But you know, we're constantly reading magazines, newspapers. It's kind of kind of a hobby here. We also have very unique lifestyles, in as much as um, you know, we both live in small towns. I'm in a small town south of St. Louis in Missouri, about five thousand population, and. Dave is in a town of about the same population in Cedar Edge. Right. Yeah. So since we're, yeah. So since we're out of the mainstream, uh, you know, we are we are able to kind of look at things maybe a little more objectively. You know, we don't really have any neighbors to keep up with the Joneses with. We're a little little isolated from the rest of the world, and maybe that's helped create our little our little utopian think tank universe that we've got, uh, where we can kind of look at things in a very objective manner and say, oh, gee, this. This looks smarter, or this looks stupid. So it kind of gives us a little, little advantage. Uh, you know, we're also very, very keen on reading and studying things from history that have worked and not worked in the past. Uh, one of those, let me give you just a little quick story. I like to read biographies of people, and one of the biographies I like is uh, I think the book is called "The Man Who Built Who, Who Bought the Waldorf" is the name. It's the uh, story of Conrad Hilton. And most people, when they see the old Hilton name on a hotel, they think the Hilton story is just chock full of success. But in fact, you know, if you roll the clock back to the 1920s when Hilton began, he faced the same kind of economic challenges that we have in the U.S. today, right? He went into the, the Great Depression, the only, only recession worse than what we have now. And at the time, he had a whole bunch of uh, very, very expensive new construction high-rise hotel buildings he'd built mostly in Texas, but in different spots. And suddenly, uh, he was upside down in all of them. You know, the, the hotels were they had large mortgages, many, many times greater than, 
than what they could now support because everyone, obviously when the economy collapsed, everyone stopped traveling, they stopped eating out at hotels, things like that. So basically here he is, he's got a mountain of debt and he has no money to make the payments. So, you know, the average person would have just gotten into extreme despair and just said, oh, this is hopeless, what am I going to do? I've got all this debt, I can't do it, and I thought I was on top of the world only a, a year ago, which a lot of people probably have had similar experiences. And uh, But instead of just giving up, what I thought was neat about the book was, instead he just decided, you know what, I'm going to make a success of this anyway, I'm just going to readjust my plans. So what he did was he went back to all those banks that were foreclosing on him and said, you know, I can't stop you from foreclosing because I know these hotels are at least on paper, not worth a fraction of what the notes are. But at the same time, I've been a pretty good manager of these things. Could I take over as the, as, as a management company for these hotels? Well, they, they'd always thought he was a great marketer, a great manager, obviously a really lousy developer because he paid way too much to build them. But they said, you know what, uh, Conrad, you know, we'll give it a whirl. You know, we're in the Depression uh, we don't know anyone who's as good at, at, at selling stuff as you are, so sure, go ahead and stay on as the manager. So instead of having his, uh, you know, his world fall apart, suddenly he changes over and becomes the manager of this group. And as the manager, suddenly things, uh, things improve dramatically for him. You know, he's now getting a salary. He's able to pay his bills, pay his household mortgage. And then suddenly while he's doing all of that, uh, he sees the market turning a little, and he goes back and starts buying up the hotels that he had just been foreclosed on. So suddenly what happens is, you know, he, he, he finds that cash flows are up a little, the depression is getting a little better, people are traveling, and as a result, uh, you know, he is able to now go back in and, and, and get those, uh, those hotels refinanced now and repurchased. So as a result, what happens is, you know, he, he ends up owning this giant hotel chain. And what's interesting in the book is, his dream when he started building these hotels was that he would, under no circumstance, uh, not 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 be such a success. He would own all the great hotels of America, and in the end of the book, he he buys all the great hotels of America, the Waldorf, the Plaza, all of them come, come under his ownership. So I thought it was a neat story because you know most Americans right now are faced with the same kind of problems. You know things are terrible. Um, and yet, I thought what was neat in the book was rather than give up, which he could have, instead he, uh, he, he regrouped, came up with a new plan to meet the new conditions of the Great Depression, and, and in the end persevered and, and succeeded. So, again, I, I love stories like that, and I'm, yeah, it's a, I know Dave does as well. Yeah, it's a fascinating story. You know, I think uh, you know, the, the most recent book that you know, I read, which you know, I thought was also fascinating, was uh, the, you know, the story of Steve Jobs and, you know, what he did with Apple and, you know, how he started it out in the very beginning and, um, you know, how he basically persevered and, you know, you know, created this uh, huge company, then got fired basically, and then, you know, the company went downhill and he, you know, stepped back in and you know, built, built it out to what it is today. I mean, it's just an absolute fascinating uh, story. Yeah, I mean, I, in fact, I, you know, I read that same book and... I also love that book for the very same reason. I mean, here the guy is. He's he 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 starts up the personal computer empire. He's rocking along. Suddenly it goes bad, and rather than give up, he instead decides, "What the heck? I'll just go ahead and uh, and hang in there." He obviously builds Pixar, and here at the end of the end, end of the book or the end of the movie, as everyone knows, he ends up you know going back to Apple. 
starting it back up again, making it back into a huge success, this time much greater than it was the first time out. Sure. So you, you just have to love those stories where people go in and, uh, you know, take take adversity and make make something good of it. That's right, and you know that's that, that's what we've done. You know, we we continue to explore new options, and new ways to do things, and you know, if it wasn't for all that adversity, you know, we wouldn't be where we are today. Right, absolutely. You know, it, it's it's also interesting that uh, you know in in adversity there is always opportunity. That's for sure. Right. So so basically, uh, you know, even though you think the world is terrible right now, and there's plenty of evidence to prove it, there there are still things to do. That are that are that are great. They can make you lots of money, give you great personal satisfaction. You just have to pick out what those are, and that's really what the point of the show is: is to show you the different things out there that you you may not have thought about um, that that you should think about as far as is turning things around for you. Because again, you know the topic we're going to go over today, which is basically mobile home parks or trailer parks. You know that that entire industry, the entire affordable housing industry. Really, its its demand right now is a byproduct of of this great recession that we're in, for sure. So, um, and you know, I guess you know one of the things with our show is that we're going to allow people to you know basically you know call in and ask us questions, and um, you know we'll have some guest speakers and all of that you know upcoming in the future weeks. But let me just uh, throw out that phone number before we go into our first break here. Um, you can call in and ask questions. The phone number is one eight six six. Four seven two five seven nine zero. That's eight six six four seven two five seven nine zero. So we'll you know start start up here talking about uh you know mobile home parks here after this our uh, first break here. Yeah, and also if, you know if you have a question and you're afraid I won't I won't remember it. You can also you know feel free to email those questions in, and we can always then use them on a future show as well. We'd love to have you call in live, but if if not, you're also free to to email those in. Uh, you, you, you can email those uh, just directly to me if you like at frank.rolfe, R-O-L-F-E, at gmail, G-M-A-I-L, dot com, and then we'll have those ready for the next show. And again, we, we, we definitely do invite your questions. This, this show is really for you, the listener. Uh, it's, not, it's not financially motivated on our part. We're really here to try and help people, and we would love to answer any questions you have as far as... Uh, you know, opportunities, the things we talk about, new ideas, just whatever you'd like to do. We're we'll, we'll more than happy to answer anything that you send in. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. If you are looking for the highest yielding niches in real estate, then go to Commercial Real Estate University at CREUniversity.com. This website is devoted to exploring the few niches of real estate that can still generate 20% plus returns on your money and offers you college-quality courses on how to locate, evaluate, negotiate, perform due diligence on, finance, turn around, and operate the hottest sectors of real estate today. Mobile home parks, billboards, RV parks, and self-storage. All of the materials are written and produced by Frank Rolfe and Dave Reynolds based on their experiences in over $150 million of real estate bought and sold. If you're looking for real estate investments that make more than low single digits, and if you're looking for 100% facts with no sales pitch, then go to CREUniversity.com. 
or call 800-950-1364. That number again is 800-950-1364. Or visit the website at creuniversity.com. The affordability gap in this country is considerable. There are simply not enough affordable places to live for the millions of lowest income households. Jeff Mueller of Marcus and Millichap is one of the nation's top manufactured housing community brokers. As a specialist in the manufactured housing industry, please contact Jeff Mueller to help capitalize on the growing demand of affordable housing. Whether you're an investor looking to achieve double-digit returns or an owner considering expanding your position through a tax-deferred exchange, Jeff Mueller can help. Please call Jeff at 303-328-2049. That's 303-328-2049. Hi, I'm Kurt Kelly, President of Mobile Insurance. Mobile is a specialty investment property insurance agency. Parks, self-storage facilities, rental properties, commercial buildings. We offer the coverage you need, explained clearly, and low rates. Call us at 800-458-4320 or visit us at mobileagency.com because we understand how to insure investment properties. The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. You're listening to High Yield with Frank Rolfe and Dave Reynolds. If you have a question or comment about our program this week, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or you can send an email to frank.rolfe at gmail.com. Now, back to High Yield. Welcome back to High Yield, the show that's all about new ways to get ahead in a troubled economy. And this week we're going to put the spotlight on mobile home parks, also known as trailer parks and also known as manufactured home communities. We're calling this segment Trailer Park Shocker because virtually nobody knows how much money trailer parks actually make. In fact, Dave and I, when we first got into it, we were a little clueless about it ourselves, but now I think we know it pretty well. For sure. Well, uh, you know, I I basically got... uh you know, interested in, in um, trailer parks, mobile home parks, um, you know, probably about 20 years ago. Um, my, uh, you know, when I was in high school, my parents, uh, you know, owned a mobile home park in Colorado. And, you know, it was like, you know, they, they owned this park and, you know, I, I had no interest in it. I thought it was just a complete waste of time. You know, it was, you know, why, why are they messing around with, you know, these old mobile homes and this mobile home park, you know, that's just, you know, how could it make any money and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And, you know, it wasn't until, you know, I actually, you know, got into college and, um, you know, got my accounting and accounting degree and started doing their tax returns that, you know, I actually, you know, kind of understood, okay, well, this is why they're in the trailer park business because they're, you know, making more money off this trailer park than they're making off their full-time regular job. So that's, you know, what really piqued my interest in that. And, you know, from that point, you know, I was like, okay, I want a piece of that, you know, they're, they they spend like no time uh, messing with the trailer park and um they're making all this money from it so you know I want a piece of that action and um so I you know really started going out and started looking for a mobile home park to buy um I had no real money to to do it but I did find this park it was also in Colorado um you know it had some seller financing on it and 
you know, lo and behold, I was able to make a deal on it. Um, you know, it was about $75,000 down. Um, you know, the fortunate thing for me was that, you know, I, well, I didn't have a, you know, $75,000 to put down on that trailer park. I did have good credit and, you know, I was able to basically cash advance my credit cards to make the down payment. So, you know, lo and behold, uh, you know, I got the, the deal done, you know, you know, by maxing out all my credit cards. Um, you know, ran the park there for a couple of years. Then I did a refinance, paid off all those credit cards. And, you know, from there, you know, we've, you know, bought and sold, you know, over a hundred parks and, you know, currently have, uh, you know, around 70 parks with you know, over 7,000 lots. So, um, you know, kind of a, you know, you know, a story of, you know, starting out 15 years ago, you know, just building it into what it is today. But, you know, had my parents not ever owned a trailer park, I probably would have not had any interest in ever getting involved with that and would have taken a completely different turn. Yeah, and I, I got interested uh, kind of in the same odd pattern that Dave did in the industry. Not, not I didn't have the uh, the insider secrets of how much they make, so I didn't I didn't have Dave's uh, leg up there with his parents. But what happened in my case was I had this billboard company which I sold, and I had built two billboards uh, on this this old beat up trailer park in Dallas. And what happened was I would get calls sometimes from the owner of the property who was in California asking me to do errands for him when I was out in the field. So, you know, when you're a billboard company, your landowner is your key, key customer because that's where your signs are located, so you can't really turn them down. And he would, he would normally call me up with weird requests, like, could you go over to the manager's office and knock on his door and find out why he hasn't called me back in a week? That, that was the most common errand. So I would go over to the old trailer park, go to the manager's little trailer, knock on the door. He would typically answer in his underwear, either hungover or still drunk, and say, yeah, yeah, I'll call him, and that was the whole exchange. But going over to that park, I thought, you know, what a, what a strange business model, right? It's really odd. you got a guy in California. He owns this land. He rents it to all these crazy people with these trailers. I was, I was kind of fascinated with it because I thought billboards were weird, but mobile home parks looked a whole lot weirder to me than, than than it did. At the same time, from the billboard days, I, I stumbled upon one ingredient, which you know David probably already figured out by then, and that was the fact there was very very little mobile home zoning in Dallas. You know, I was an economics major, and so I understand supply and demand pretty well. And when you see a situation with very little supply, assuming it's coupled with demand you get a little interested. And I found on the zoning maps, there was no zoning rarer in Dallas than MH. So that kind of got me interested. So here I was. I sold the, the billboard company. I knew the owner of that property. I knew that MH zoning was kind of rare. I thought, there, you know, there has to be a greater future to this mobile home park than what I'm seeing with, you know, the, 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 the drunk manager and all the junk. So I went to the guy and said, hey, you know, can I buy this this?" old mobile home park. Yeah, I had no idea if he'd say yes or no or what the price would be or anything. He said, yeah, I'd love to sell that park. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of calling you up to run errands. I'm sick of the guy never calling me back. I've done a terrible job managing it. So I'll sell it to you, and I'll sell it to you for $400,000 with only $10,000 down, and I'll carry $390,000 non-recourse. And what that means is if I never, if I didn't like the property at any time over... The entire life of the loan, I could just give it back, and all, all I would lose would be ten thousand bucks. So I thought, you know what? I will, I will give this a shot. Um, 
And, you know, that, that kind of started me on the, on the path of mobile home parks. Had I not called the guy up, had he said, I want a, a million dollars, had he said, I want $400,000, but I, but I won't carry it, you know, I'm not sure I would have had the guts to, to go forward with it. But because it, it was manageable and small and, and doable, that, that kind of got me in the door. And uh, from there, I started buying, buying more parks. You know, and I think Dave, Dave uh, your your first park was kind of similar, right? Yeah, it was. It was just you know, kind of a you know, just it was in foreclosure, and the you know, the guy was running into the ground, had no idea what he was doing, and you know, it was you know, basically an opportunity to you know to to, to jump in and you know add value real quick, and you know, you know, it worked out you know wonderful. Right, and you know, and I think that's that's a key ingredient in in, in a lot of things we're going to go over on the show is you know you you sometimes have to take get outside your comfort zone. Take a leap of faith, you know. Try something new, uh, but sometimes to pull that off, that something new has to not make you bet the farm on it. And that's one of the great pluses of, of our mobile home park adventure. I think in both our cases, our very first park was not a huge gamble. I mean, if it had failed, we would have survived. Uh, but the key was that we took, took took the gamble, took the jump, because a lot of these things we're going to cover on the show are, are you know, they're a little, little freaky, a little different, and. Sure. You know, not not things that your friends and family will pat you on the back and say great idea because they've never heard of it before. Right. But that's kind of uh, that's kind of how we got in it. Yeah. And well, Frank, uh, uh, you know, Frank, since we're talking about things that are a little freakly, freaky, why don't you uh, you know tell us one of your uh, trailer park stories? Yes, sure. Uh, I'd be more more than happy to, Dave. You know, I have a a wide selection of trailer park stories that all came from that very first park. They're in Dallas, and, and what happened was in the very first park, not knowing any better, I, I got way too involved with what went on in the park, way too involved monitoring and talking to tenants and issues. So this first story is a story that, you know, if you're a smart owner, you would never get involved in, but I was a stupid owner in my first park. And here's, a, here's the situation. We had a rental mobile home. We had several of them, in fact. And one day a guy called in on this rental mobile home and said, hey, my toilet will not flush. So I thought, okay, well, then there's something wrong with the toilet. I'm not a plumber, so I called a plumber said, hey, plumber, can you go out and get that toilet flushing? Guy comes out to the park, comes to the little, little office where I'm at and says, I'm sorry, I, I can't make that toilet flush. The, the problem is much larger than a toilet. I said, well, what's the deal? He goes, well, when that home was brought in 20, 30 years ago, they never connected the sewer pipe from the toilet to the sewer line. So basically, whenever the guy goes to the bathroom and flushes the toilet, it just falls on the ground underneath it. And so he said that what's happened now is that this, this today, when the guy flushed the toilet, he actually just put the final little point on the pyramid of poop under the trailer. So we were in a real crisis. You know, we had a 14 by 14 by 4 foot tall pyramidal pile of poop underneath the trailer. And we ultimately did get it all cleaned out, got it reconnected. But it's those kinds of stories that make the business, to me, kind of fun, kind of different. Uh, right. You know, not maybe uh, something you want to be telling your banker. But, sure. you know, it, it's, but, but that, I, I've got a million stories like that, as Dave well knows. Right. Yeah, you do. So. Yeah. Well, let's, too, uh, too let's, many. let's start, uh, you know, just kind of talk about, you know, some of the reasons why we like the, you know, mobile home park business. Um, and I'll start off by saying, in which you've already covered a little bit, is just that limited co- competition. Um, you, know, you know, there's no, you know, very few uh, new mobile home parks, you know, being built out there. And the ones that are being built 
are in areas where you know there's just a huge demand. I mean, nobody's going to build a new mobile home park in a you know normal sized town because it's not you know first of all it doesn't have the zoning and you know it just you know takes so long to you know get to the break even. So there's what we you know 100 percent of the time focus on our mobile home parks that are already built and we're looking to buy them and increase value whether it's through management, raising rents cutting expenses, or just operating a whole lot better than the prior person was. Right. Um, you know, really the next item would be, you know, the affordable housing part of it. Yeah, let, let me go over that for a minute, okay. since, I, since I'm always fascinated following the, the never-ending saga of affordable housing and the nation's decline. You know, right now, and, and it depends on which article you read and, and which expert you talk to, and, you know, there were definitely during this, this election plenty of different opinions on some things, but... If you average them together, basically, roughly 30% of Americans are living on a household income of, of about $20,000 a year or less. So that, that, that's the truth of what's going on. And you probably heard during the election that 47% of Americans are on some form of, of government subsidy. So I think, I think it's safe, no matter who you talk to, that, to say that America is a little bit in decline on, on the income side and that leads people back into affordable housing, in which mobile home parks are the only form of affordable detached housing. So if you want to have the American dream of a home with a yard, you know, mobile home parks are the only game in town. Our, our price point in most of America is 4.95 a month, which is exactly the affordability range for someone making 20000 to $30,000 a year. And, you know, that number just keeps going up. Well, one statistic you may or may not have heard during the election is that 10,000 baby boomers are retiring per day right now, and that will continue on for years. So at 10,000 folks a day, all going from their normal jobs now to Social Security or small pension, that, that demand for affordability is just skyrocketing. And that's why most of our parks, uh, the demand will just, you know, pin the meter. And I guess it's time to go go to break here, but again... We'll be back in just a moment to go over some more things about the trailer park industry and show you why it's such a great thing. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. If you are looking for the highest yielding niches in real estate, then go to Commercial Real Estate University at CREUniversity.com. This website is devoted to exploring the few niches of real estate that can still generate 20% plus returns on your money and offers you college-quality courses on how to locate, evaluate, negotiate, perform due diligence on, finance, turn around, and operate the hottest sectors of real estate today. Mobile home parks, billboards, RV parks, and self-storage. All of the materials are written and produced by Frank Rolfe and Dave Reynolds based on their experiences in over $150 million of real estate bought and sold. If you're looking for real estate investments that make more than low single digits, and if you're looking for 100% facts with no sales pitch, then go to CREUniversity.com or call 800-950-1364. That number again is 800-950-1364. Or visit the website at CREUniversity.com. Hi, I'm Kurt Kelly. President of Mobile Insurance. 
Mobile is a specialty investment property insurance agency. Parks, self-storage facilities, rental properties, commercial buildings. We offer the coverage you need, explained clearly, and low rates. Call us at 800-458-4320 or visit us at mobileagency.com because we understand how to insure investment properties. The affordability gap in this country is considerable. There are simply not enough affordable places to live for the millions of lowest income households. Jeff Mueller of Marcus and Millichap is one of the nation's top manufactured housing community brokers. As a specialist in the manufactured housing industry, please contact Jeff Mueller to help capitalize on the growing demand of affordable housing. Whether you're an investor looking to achieve double-digit returns or an owner considering expanding your position through a tax-deferred exchange, Jeff Mueller can help. Please call Jeff at 303-328-2049. That's 303-328-2049. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. listening to High Yield with Frank Rolfe and Dave Reynolds. If you have a question or comment about our program this week, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or you can send an email to frank.rolfe at gmail.com. Now, back to High Yield. Welcome back to High Yield. We're talking again today about the incredibly high yields in mobile home parks, which are something we know really, really well, yet the average investor knows absolutely nothing about. Uh, our, our experience in the industry has been a key benchmark to our success in life at this point, as Dave and I are the 20th largest owner of these things in the U.S. So we thought that would be a perfect first show just to go over this, which we feel very strongly about as being a very, very good niche for people on investing I guess, Dave, we'll go back to the top reasons we like mobile home parks to begin with. For sure. Okay. And then uh, so I guess the next item we could talk about it would be the maintenance. Um, you know, with mobile home parks, you know, you know as compared to, say, uh, single-family houses or apartments or, you know, you know, other types of investment property, you know, your maintenance costs are basically, you know, you're, you're, you're maintaining the, the land, the streets, and, and that type of thing. You're not ma- maintaining those homes um, you know, unless you actually own the homes, which you know we discourage you from owning if you don't have to. Is you're, you're just maintaining the dirt and the utility connections. So that's a you know, huge benefit over mobile home parks. Yeah, in fact, I, you know, I, I learned that lesson obviously early with my, uh, you know, my my pyramidal pile of poop home. That you know I didn't want to be in that segment. I wanted to own the land underneath the home. I did not want to be responsible for what went on in the home. So. I learned that all too well. Uh, the next one are our residents. You know, there's a unique relationship in a mobile home park with its tenants compared to apartments and duplexes and stuff. And that is, in the perfect world, the park owner owns the land, but the tenant owns their own home. So basically, you have kind of a co-op effect, a partnership, in fact, of keeping the property looking nice because the people have a vested interest. They have skin in the game. They, they own that trailer. And so to them, it, you know, it, it's their homestead, it's their community. So that's one neat aspect that you don't find in really in any other form of real estate where, a fact, where the tenant owns the property, right? In the apartment, they're always a renter. It may be there 20 years, but they're still a renter. 
and they have more of a renter mentality than than people do who live in parks. Sure. Uh, the then, other yeah. thing is just just on the on the dollar side, you know, our typical rent is what Dave two two to two fifty about average. Yeah, and you know, it, it's not a high hurdle. You know, I used to have a condo that that went upside down back in the. Uh, Oh gosh! In the SNL crisis in the '80s or '90s, you know, I moved into a house and and I instead of selling the condo, I had to rent it. And it was it was an expensive condo with a big rent, and you know it was tough collecting on that condo or really pushing people because you know it was hard to come up with the money. But but in these mobile home parks, the rents are so low that you know there's no tenant out there who cannot come up with two to three hundred dollars a month. So it's again, it's it's a it's it's a neat relationship because the the hurdle is very low, and at the same time the tenants have a lot of vested interest in it. Right, which leads us into you know kind of the next item, which is you know probably one of the most exciting items about mobile home parks, and you know we we talk about this all the time, and that's the turnover. You know, effectively when you when you own the mobile home park, and you, you know you own the land and the residents own the homes, you know. You, you effectively have them trapped trapped in some ways because of the cost to move out. You know, it's not like an apartment where, you know, they can box their stuff up in the U-Haul and move over to the apartment next door. You know, in a mobile home park, you know, they're, they're talking a, you know, kind of a minimum amount. You know, even if you just want to move it, you know, across the street, you're talking a minimum of 3000 you know, probably an average of closer to $5,000 just for them to move that home out of there. So if you go, you know, and raise the rents by ten or twenty dollars a month, you know, the payback for them to, you know, get that back after spending five thousand dollars to move their home is just not worth it. So as long as you're keeping your community up and you know, running a, you know, tight ship and, you know, you know, not uh, mistreating the residents, you know, those homes are not going anywhere. Yeah, in fact, you know, Dave, there's there's a, a statistic I saw this week which I had not seen before. Um, that 99% of all mobile homes never move a second time. Right. So, in other words, when when a home is delivered from the factory, only 1% for the entire life of the home. So, in other words, we're talking not just in a year, but we're talking over a, you know, 30, 40-year horizon, only 1% ever move a second time. So, I mean, I, I can't fathom any any industry that could try and give you that low a turnover percent. That's, that's in, amazingly low. Yeah, I never thought it was that high, but that is that is amazing statistic, Frank. Yeah, it's uh, it, it was in. Uh, in fact, the reason I know the statistic, there was a court case recently, and I forgot in the state, but some state is trying to make it make it harder to get rid of your tenants because it is so costly to move, and and that was actually one of the one of the evidence pieces in in, in the argument was that there's only one percent of the homes ever move. Right. Um, Incredible. Next up is uh, rent raises. Going back to that same aspect that that people don't move and can't move at the same time, you can raise the rents. Now we we try not to gouge people, and you know, we're very fair. If you read our rents, you know we're, we're never the top of the market, but at the same time, we try and be up with the market. And sometimes when we buy these parks, the market rent is significantly higher than the rent that's been charged for the last ten or twenty years. And in those cases, when you do raise them, one thing that happens in mobile home parks, unlike apartments, unlike self-storage, the people don't leave because it costs three to five thousand dollars to move their trailer. So as a result, you raise the rent, you know, fifty dollars, thirty dollars, seventy dollars, whatever, whatever the case may be, the people stay. I mean, they're effectively they, they when they look at their options, which are a very costly move of the home, 
versus paying more rent, they, they always choose to pay more rent. For sure. Okay, and, and next item, you know, on the flip side of that, you know, flip side of the income is the expenses. Um, you know, a typical apartment building um, is going to run you, you know, 50, I think it's 50 to 60% is the, you know, typical expense ratio, um, you know, for operating that apartment building. When you're talking about a mobile home park, you know, depending on, you know, who pays for what and all of those type of things, you know, the typical industry average is around 37.5%. So you have a much lower operating cost, and in some cases, you know, if you get rid of you know some of those variable costs, like your you know, you you pass the water and sewer bills onto the residents, and make sure they're paying for their own gas and electric and cable and all of those types of things, you can you actually you know get down into the twenty to thirty percent range. Right. So um, you know, it's a, another you know another advantage of the mobile home parks is your expenses are so much lower. Right, and then this next item is the whole reason we are in the business, the whole reason we thought we'd go over it today on today's show, uh, which is that mobile home parks have the highest cap rates of any form of real estate out there. And what do we mean by cap rate? Some people after may not know what the term cap rate means. It's not a, it's not the size of your hat that you buy over at you know the the lid store at the mall or something, but the cap rate is the cap rate is the is the return on the total overall deal price, the, the 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 debt and equity of when you buy the park, you know the return that you get. And mobile home parks mainly because people don't don't understand them, and don't know them, and they're not mainstream. They have always had because of supply and demand. There's fewer buyers right looking at mobile home parks than say apartments. Uh, mobile home parks have always enjoyed the highest of all cap rates. So. You know the uh, the cap rates of mobile home parks. Most of the time, the parks we buy and that most people buy are doing about a ten percent return. And Dave, apartments are doing. What would you say right now? Uh, it's usually a couple points. You know, two to three points below what a mobile home park is. So, right. you know, if we're doing a ten percent cap rate, you know, you're probably looking at you know seven to eight for an apartment. Right. And and then and then there's a second leg to that, which is uh, in mobile home parks because we can raise the rents and not lose customers. And because our operating expenses are very low, and because we are on the right side of, the, of, of supply and demand, and because of the affordable housing crisis, you know our cap rates start at ten, but they go up from there. I mean, we we have some parks in our inventory right now that we bought at at, at effectively ten caps, which are already now at twenty caps. And not that it ha- that that happens every day, but there's probably no park in our portfolio that was purchased uh, with the expectation we could not get it far far north of ten. And that's very difficult. In other words, you know, these apartment complexes, sure, you know, they might be out there for a seven cap or even an eight cap. But the problem is there's nowhere to go. You know, you're in an eight cap. You can't really raise the rents much. You can't really do much of anything. So basically, you know, five or ten years later, you're still at an eight cap. Maybe you worked your way up to a nine. For sure. Uh, you know, with what we're doing, with our industry and the dynamics and all the trends in our favor, it's it's not hard to get those those cap rates up much much higher, and that's and that's the whole reason we're telling you about this thing today is the fact that it, it, they start off higher and they can still go higher after that. Sure. Well, let's uh, you know just briefly talk about a couple deals that we've you know we've done um, briefly. Uh, sure. You know, one of the recent deals we did we did a you know about a 500 space uh, mobile home park in Iowa. Um, you know, this property was owned by, uh, you know, family. It's been in their family for years and years and, you know, actually built it. Um, and they were just getting ready to retire. So 
Um, we negotiated a price on it, um, which we thought was uh, a good price. You know, we're you know, about 500 spaces with you know some storage and stuff like that on it. Um, you know, going in at a you know about a 10 cap, um, and uh, you know, getting good leverage. You know, our loan was you know long term loan, non recourse, 30 years. Um, you know, under five percent. So you know, 30 percent down, five percent loan. You know, our going in cash on cash. You know, what we're expecting is about 20 percent. So you know, for the 30 percent down, we expect to. You know, earn about 20% on that, you know, for the first year and you know, hopefully grow that year after year. Um, another deal that we did, um, you know, it was a little bit smaller deal, but this was a, a deal out in Indiana. We, you know, bought it about three years ago. Um, you know, this was a, about a 90 space mobile home park, um, you know, owned by, uh, you know, a couple guys that have been in there for years and years again. They, you know, one of the guys built it. Um, they were looking to, you know, you know, sell and, and, uh, you know, basically just retire. And, you know, we bought this park, um, you know, for what was that? I think it was a million one. And our first year, the NOI on that, which is the net operating income, um, was, was almost $200,000. So without really doing anything on that park, we bought that at almost a 17 or 18% cap rate, yeah. which is just incredible. I mean, you just don't see that on a, you know, uh, apartment building. Just everybody's too sophisticated, uh, you know, pick those type of deals off. Right, exactly. And here in a minute, we're going to go to break. In a minute, we're going to go ahead and go over uh, some other, some more examples of real-life deals we've done, some more crazy trailer park stories. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. If you are looking for the highest yielding niches in real estate, then go to Commercial Real Estate University at CREUniversity.com. This website is devoted to exploring the few niches of real estate that can still generate 20% plus returns on your money and offers you college-quality courses on how to locate, evaluate, negotiate, perform due diligence on, finance, turn around, and operate. The hottest sectors of real estate today, mobile home parks, billboards, RV parks, and self-storage. All of the materials are written and produced by Frank Rolfe and Dave Reynolds based on their experiences in over $150 million of real estate bought and sold. If you're looking for real estate investments that make more than low single digits, and if you're looking for 100% facts with no sales pitch, then go to CREUniversity.com. Or call 800-950-1364. That number again is 800-950-1364. Or visit the website at CREUniversity.com. The affordability gap in this country is considerable. There are simply not enough affordable places to live for the millions of lowest income households. Jeff Mueller of Marcus and Millichap is one of the nation's top manufactured housing community brokers. As a specialist in the manufactured housing industry, please contact Jeff Mueller to help capitalize on the growing demand of affordable housing. Whether you're an investor looking to achieve double-digit returns or an owner considering expanding your position through a tax-deferred exchange, Jeff Mueller can help. Please call Jeff at 303 303- 328-2049. That's 
2049. Hi, I'm Kurt Kelly, President of Mobile Insurance. Mobile is a specialty investment property insurance agency. Parks, self-storage facilities, rental properties, commercial buildings. We offer the coverage you need, explained clearly, and low rates. Call us at 800-458-4320 or visit us at mobileagency.com because we understand how to insure investment properties. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to High Yield with Frank Rolfe and Dave Reynolds. If you have a question or comment about our program this week, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or you can send an email to frank.rolf at gmail.com. Now, back to High Yield. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to High Yield. Uh, today we're going over the types of Yields you can make in mobile home parks, also known as trailer parks and manufactured home communities. It's a, an arena that Dave and I know very well. We're, we're the 20th largest in that in the U.S. And so uh, let's just jump right back into the stories, Dave, of real-life parks that we've owned and currently own and operate. And I think we were going to talk a little bit about uh, mismanaged parks. Probably our park we purchased in Illinois uh, would, would definitely fit into that mold. Sure. Yeah, let's uh, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about you know kind of what our what we're looking for when we're out there buying parks, and then we can you know, talk specifically about that park. Sure. Um, so you know, I think the f- the first thing we're always looking for is is our you know good parks, but you know the the current owner either is you know, just mismanaging them, you know they're too busy doing something else, they have a horrible manager, on-site manager in there, or they're just you know they're just not keeping up with the market on the rents or. They're not passing through utilities like they should. So, you know, that's really the type of park we're out there looking for is, you know, it's a, it's a great mobile home park, but it's just not being run um, like it should be. And, you know, there's a lot, you know, that's where we make the you know, bulk of our money is to, you know, go in there and turn that management around. Right, exactly. Um, you know, the, the next item would be, you know, that you want to, you know, really think about is is the is the utilities you know the you know mentioned it a little bit before but the biggest uh you know expense item on a mobile home park um, typically is the water and sewer and you know we we actually have a pretty good solution to that you know there you know it's a little bit different in every state you're in and you know what you have to do or what rules you have to follow but uh, we try to take out the variability of the water and sewer costs so you know, if the park is paying for the full water and sewer bill and it's included in the, you know, the resident's rent, then, you know, they have really, you know, you know, each individual residence does not have any, um, you know, they don't have any, you know, motivation to, you know, make sure that their faucets are fixed and they don't have uh, water leaks in their toilets and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So by putting, uh, uh, installing water meters, you know, the, the thing that we see happens is, you know, not only do people start, you know, getting those uh, water problems and, you know, fixed so that they're not wasting water because they're going to start paying for it. It's also, you know, a good conservation tool because, you know, if if they're just letting all this stuff run and they have no no uh, meter on what they're doing, you know, 
there, there, there's no motivation there. So what we've found is, that, you know, once you install those meters is, you know, about 50% of that water, water bill goes down um, almost instantane- instantaneously. So, you know, we're, we're passing along the cost, but we're also re- reducing, you know, reducing the usage, which is actually conserving water for, you know, you know the environment, really. So it's right. kind of best of both worlds. Yeah. And another thing we're always watching for are parks where we can raise the rents. You know, everyone's got their, their own story of the biggest rent raise they ever did. My, my, my biggest rent raise was in good old Grapevine, Texas. It was a park that I purchased from a mom-and-pop owner where the rent was and had been for forever, $100 a month. Now, if you're not in the mobile home park business, you'd say, well, that, that doesn't seem too crazy. But bear in mind that Grapevine, Texas, at that time, was a market where the rents were more like $300 a month. So what we did was we, we raised the rent upon purchase from $100 to $275 per month. Now, this is not something you see every day. Again, this is, this is our world record. But what happened was, you know, an unusual thing happened. You know, we, we raised the rent, and, and any, everyone would agree that's, that's a giant rent raise, going from 100 to 275 per lot. But at the same time, I sent a letter to everyone saying, hey, we're, we're raising your rent back to market. Not sure how it got to be as crazy as it is, but we can't keep it at $100. Uh, but if you'd like to move, here's a complete list of every park in Grapevine. Here's their phone number, and here's what they charge for their lot rent, and did not lose a single customer. Because again, they would have a three to five thousand dollar hurdle, and even then, a different park would still be more expensive than than, than we were. Uh, and Dave, what's 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 uh, can you think of another story of a big rent jump like that? Yeah, I mean, you know what? I can we, we we bought a park, you know, just not a three years ago. It was uh, very similar. It was in the Dallas area, um, and if you can imagine this, the rents were ninety dollars a month. And uh, the Dallas market, you know, at that time was you know two seventy five to three hundred a month. Right. So you know, we basically went in there and bumped the rent. I think it was to up to two fifty um, with a you know with a fifty dollar discount if they paid you know on time and stuff. And then we pushed that up again. But yeah, um, you know, it was a, just a recent one. I mean, you you wouldn't expect to find a you know uh, you know stuff that is just so under market rent like that. And the reason that you see that is because a lot of these a lot of these uh, owners um, historically have been you know I guess we call them mom and pop owners. And, you know, mom and pop, you know, live in the park. All You know, they've, you know, built the park, you know, so they've lived there for 30 years, and they're friends with every single resident in that park. And, you know, they probably paid the park off. They probably, you know, don't have a loan. They're not motivated by money. Um, and so they've just basically let the rents just, you know, go for many, many years, just way under market. Right. You know, and another thing we're always looking for when we're out there buying our, our parks where the occupancy is a little low, to get conventional financing, and in in this mode, what we do is the most of your banks out there want the park to be eighty to eighty five percent occupied. So if you can find a park, let's say that's seventy percent occupied, you can often increase the value simply by bringing enough homes in to get it up to that mainstream eighty to eighty five percent. Right. Yeah. It's, you know, great strategy as well. Right. Uh, and then we've got what one more strategy we wanted to throw out there. Uh, which is, uh, let's see here, growing markets. Uh, you know, a lot of real estate, they always say like real estate's location, location. And that's, that's entirely true. And what happens is if you're in a great location, just the general growth of that market will over time make your property rent for more, sell for more, has all kinds of magical attributes. 
And so when we're looking at a lot of these parks to buy, some of our best success stories have been buying a park in an area and just riding its growth. Sure. Uh, you know, I had a park in Springfield, Missouri once, which, minding my own business, they built a Walmart down the street. And over time, the value of the land became more than the park. And, you know, it's just that if you're in a really great dynamic market with a lot, lots of growth, lots of influx of population, you can simply ride that to success, even if you had nothing else you could do to the park. You would simply just kind of ride with the tide of all the different rents. For sure. So, okay, well, those are, you know, kind of the reasons, uh, you know, reasons and, you know, things to look out for. You know, there's, you know, you obviously can't cover all this in, you know, you know, the hour or less than an hour of the show, but, you know, maybe we should, uh, you know, kind of wind up here, Frank, but, you know, I think you, you, you have one more, uh, you know, good, uh, joke for us to end on, right, Frank? Uh, yeah, it's my favorite eviction joke of all time. This was told to me by a, a mobile home old timer when I first got in the business, and the joke goes, when you go, before you go to evict a resident, first you need to walk a mile in their shoes, and that way when you get the eviction, you're a mile away and you have their shoes. <laughs> I always thought yeah. that, was a, that was a great, great mobile home uh, park allegory. Uh, we're out of time for this week, but again, we'll be back next week with more information on, in this case, mobile home parks, as will be, again, our second part series on mobile home parks. But our focus, again, is high yield, and we sincerely thank you for listening in today. Hope you enjoyed the show, and we'll be back next week. Thank you, everybody. Thanks again for tuning in to High Yield. Please join Frank and Dave next Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great and profitable week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.